Well, hey there. Welcome to Meathead Chatter Podcast, episode something. I don't even know what episode we're on. 13? 14? 13? 13 or 14? I don't know. We've been doing this a long time. I can't. I, we're powerlifters, man. We can't count past. Uh, I can't p- count past three, like five. Five. Yeah, three to five is about the best best I can get. I tell you what, I always lose track of which episode we're on when we do ones where like I'll record one with like other guests. Oh yeah. And then we backlog one to post like the next week, and then I'm then when we come back together, I'm like, fuck, what episode are we on? I don't even remember what's going on. Yeah, I, I don't know where we are. I mean, all I know is we just missed out on a pretty interesting eventful weekend full of. Powerlifting so shenanigans. we haven't podcasted, you and I, in like three weeks, right? Something like that. Have or we like, been that busy? Or it's two and a half, because we're recording later this week than that. Oh, yeah. So, let's flash back to three weeks ago, two weeks ago, two and a half, whatever. Iron Bibby. Oh, Jesus Christ, we, we cannot that hap- gloss that over happened, that. happened, like, the minute I before I posted the one that me and Wayne recorded. I That's was like, right. damn it, we gotta remember that. I completely <laughs> forgot about the Iron Bibby. Because, it, it, hold on one second, before we get started. About how you can support Meathead Shatter, the podcast here. You I can give us a follow I didn't at fade it in real good. Shatter on Instagram. In the bio, we have a pretty sweet link that can take you to many things, one of which being our Patreon. If you enjoy the podcast and want to show your support for as little as $5 a month, you can be a supporting member, and we can be friends. You can be a friend of the podcast. If you want something a little more for 30 bucks a month, we do have available template programming for powerlifting and strongman sent out weekly. You can just sign up for either one of those and get something for your money. Other than this sweet ass entertainment, also be sure to follow us on Instagram individually at strongman underscore Dan for me and at psac sixteen for Preston. Back to the show. Boom! I have a pre-recorded button that I hit to do that. God, we're lazy, and it's colored green. God, we're for lazy. Money. God, we're really <laughs> lazy. Well, so I feel like we've we've done this a number of times. We're like. I'll forget to do it. Like, I want to pop it in the beginning and then sometime else in the podcast just so it's out there. Because there's full episodes where we just don't do it at all. Oh, yeah, I know. And, it's <laughs> And I'm always like, damn it. Like we, we missed our opportunity. We could be giving people some badass programming. We could be, you know, offsetting our costs of running this shit if we just, you know, if we just told people about it sometimes. You know? Right, right. Um, I need to make another one for, uh, hey, get your ass over to Apple Podcasts and review us. Give us a five star. <laughs> Let us know what you think. Right. I gotta find this. I'm, gonna, I'm trying to find the log press of Iron Baby, but yeah, it was man, so long ago. It's so <laughs> buried in world's strongest man. So, first off, let me say, Big Z, I love Big Z. He's my favorite <sighs> strongman of all time. He just fucking is. And but man, his log press record stood forever. And you remember like a month and a half ago or two months ago or whenever it was when Bibby got that axle press record. Yeah, I was like, fuck. The log's going down. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah, and you know what? Big Z doesn't like that record. He doesn't. He disagrees with it, you know, and I, I'm not a professional strongman. I've done one competition, so I don't have a lot of, oh, he locked his elbow, but, I mean, I watched it multiple times, and it looked There's a, like uh, he locked his elbow. There is a, well. <laughs> Unless you have an extra Dude, angle okay, that so, I've not seen. So there's a Facebook group I'm a part of. It's, it's uh, so, are you familiar with the group Starting Strongman? Yeah. Okay, so basically... If you want to say petty, funny, but kind of mean shit <laughs> about people commenting on there about anything, like you get in trouble in that group. 
which it's necessary because there's so many new people on there asking right. new like pe- legitimate questions. Well, asking legitimate questions and like new people questions that are super basic and just general lifting questions to where the more seasoned guys that are tired of answering the same fucking question would sometimes be like, dude, that's not even about fucking strong, man. Go to another fucking fo-. like. It, it, it got it got pretty gnarly, and it's kind of like how I feel about when you get the New Year's resolutioners in the gym. It's like, dude, oh, oh equipment's taken. Like people get all bitchy and bent out of shape about out of it. But then at the same time, they're there. They're trying to learn. They're trying to do a thing that right. you do and love. Wouldn't it be cool if there's more people that are into the hobby you're into? Instead right. of being a dick about it, couldn't right. you just help them? <laughs> no, I do not need any more friends. So. Go okay, to a private boutique gym like we go, go to. Go train in your basement like the loser you are. You know what? I alone. train in the darkness. I like training in the darkness with the lights. Do you know, I um, weird. Do you know the black rhino only mates once every two to three years? That poor thing. No Just like those fucking losers that are the New Year's people. <laughs> um, okay, anyway, so all that to say that this other group, it originally, it was Talking Strongman was the name of it, and it kind of changes based on whatever stupid drama is happening. And uh, right now, I think it's uh, Talking Is It Really a World Record Man <laughs> is the name of the group. Um, but it's it's more seasoned people, you know, stupid memes and shit. And whenever there's like a big controversial thing like this, the number of memes that get thrown out in that group is fucking ridiculous. Um, and, and one art, so people were pissing and moaning because two things. They thought his elbow wasn't locked out enough. Right. Which, okay. Second thing, they thought maybe he didn't stabilize it long enough. That's just what people are saying. For me, he pressed it overhead and got a down command. It ain't on him. That is a world record that fucking counts. Right. If Blame someone the fucked judge. up and it was the judge, then the judge fucked up. And, dude, I bet if Iron Bibby comes out in three months and does it again, it'll look better. Right. It's kind of like when... Uh, um, when Julius Maddox got that bench record sometime last year, and it was like, like they they called, they called. I'm quoting. They called. Oh, did they call uh, they him Red? Rat, they, for... No, they called Rat Command, and he like never stabilized it. He he brought it down. He pressed it, and they he did not stabilize it. They yelled Rack as he fucking lost it, and people had to catch it. That was a new world record, and it fucking counted. I didn't. I don't. That I don't was remember not that. Julius's fault. That was the guy's fault. But people kind of shit on it, and, and on that one, rightly so, because like, there's no way that should have fucking counted. You're a ref first, a fan second, um, in that situation. But then he came back like a month later and just murdered the weight and left no doubt in anyone's mind. And right. I feel like that'll be the case for Iron Baby, though. I will say that rep looked a shit ton cleaner than Julius's did back then. I, it was like 760 or something. He's blown that out of the water since then. Um, but so yeah, everyone, the main bitch that everyone's complaining about the bitching that's going on is that elbow wasn't locked out. Couple things. First off, let's talk about the difference in the implement. Zadrunas's was on a metal log yeah, with plates. This is a big, this is a big difference. A metal too. log with plates. If you are a seasoned log lifter is way easier than a solid wood log that is wider and heavier not including the plates, because if it is a 300-pound wood log, you have to rotate 300 pounds, and then whatever plates are on the end have a little bit of free rotation. If it is a 200-pound metal log, you are only having to rotate 
200 pounds of fixed weight. That's a big fucking difference. Wood right. logs are way harder than metal logs. Yeah, I, I actually think they look way the fuck cooler, they too. They look way cooler. But, I mean, I, I've used both. I can press easily 20, 30 more pounds on a metal log than I can on a wood log. Just mm-hmm. is what it is. <laughs> it's one of the reasons why I had that wood log that was, like, 210 empty. Is no, so you had that goddamn clean. metal log. Yep, it was metal. That was or, sorry, it was it was metal, but yeah. it was two ten empty. Yeah, mostly. I'm aware how heavy it was because yeah. that's how I. That's, that's how what I learn. learned on. <laughs> so then, when you got to comp and you hit like a 135 pound empty log with plates on it, it's pretty fucking different. It was. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't. Oh fuck, that's right. Mm-hmm. I, I that makes sense why I could actually jerk it better. Yeah, why you could actually do it in comp and you, you were like dying in training. Yeah. Oh, I remember. I could not like do a split jerk and lifters in training. It was the weirdest thing. I threw lifters on so in you're comp. Not even, you're not even like a, a seasoned log lifter, and you get that difference. Oh, shit, yeah. Well, because I think my best in training was like low, like 220, 235, somewhere right, right. in there. Nothing like impressive. I think I hit 260. Right. Like, I, I think comp, I pushed yeah. 260 in comp. It was much better in yeah. comp. Oh, yeah. Fuck, I'm going to have to look those up. And the other thing, the more important issue I have with, with Big Z bitching about this. I think it's unprofessional. I mean, it's, it's, it, yes, that's a piece of it too. Like, I mean, lose with grace. You ain't going to go hit that log anymore. You're injured. You're kind of past your prime. I wish you were in your prime and you would go back at this and they'd bounce back and forth. Like, if they were in the same time frame, it would be interesting to see. Cause that, that world record log that Z hit, it did not look that hard. Yeah. Compared to Bibby's. I mean, so I've he watched had that more in the tank. Oh, yeah. I've watched that several times. He had way more. Uh, but he didn't need it. No. And and it stood for like 15 years. Well, and that and that's where like, do you push for like what the best you could do or do you just chip the world record because you know no one's going to touch so it? So I feel like Eddie Hall, hold on, let me finish this one point and then then let me jump on Eddie Hall because I don't like that guy. Oh, God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, they showed a picture in that strongman group of Big Z's lockout on his world record log press. His elbow was bent more than Iron Bibby's. Is it really? So, fuck you. It's a world record. I feel like we need to, uh, you need to find that screenshot. Yeah, I'll, I'll and, find and it. Throw it up I'll on find the, it. And then throw it up on our Instagram, and I will, oh my god, I can't wait to see it, this. It is I am, at least equal. You know what, and, and it's, I love it because yesterday, was it yesterday, a couple days ago, you literally did a post about Big Z. And how like he's your favorite? <laughs> he lifter. is my favorite. And, well, yeah. Well, anybody who says, did you see that video on my story that I posted? Which one? So the one with Big Z, not like the one where he's giving me happy birthday wishes. Oh, I was like, the, that's the only one you care about. So, the one where he like got sandwiched between the ground and a rock. Yes, I had never seen that. I so sent it was that to you. Nineteen ninety-eight. So yes, you. That's it. Yeah, you yeah, sent I it to sent me, and I was like, you. fuck yeah, I'm posting this. It was nineteen ninety-eight. He, he doesn't got, look like Big Z. He in got that. crushed. Like the the, pet, the platforms were very high. And I'm, I've personally always been super nervous about loading to high stones because I've seen a lot of videos of dudes tipping over and getting murdered by stones. <laughs> he, like, bounced right up. Yeah. So, it was impressive. And I'm sure that was an adrenaline thing. But, like, you've seen those videos where the bench presses, like, slip out of people's hands. and they, it, It's that, but with a fucking stone. <laughs> yeah. Fuck. Oh. Yeah. Thank yeah. God I From overhead to, to the floor, that. smushed. I'm yet to have that. Yeah, me too. Um. Anyway, you got you got some you got okay, something to so say about Eddie. Said, There's something going on with Eddie and Thor right now. I don't just, know. So it's it's this weird thing where so so Eddie is very much a shit talker anyway. 
Is, is, is and he Thor like... never super was. And then in 2017, Thor just bitched about, oh, if they would have given me that call, I would have oh, beat the him. Oh, double, the double, double when, whatever. When Eddie would have for sure gotten whatever reps he needed to win. Th- Eddie was going after Thor. He beat whatever Thor got by one rep because why would he have to do more? Right. Yeah. So, I... <laughs> so that was a stupid thing for Thor to be whiny about. And he's he's been whiny in the past about things that he hasn't won. And not to take away his, he's fucking great. In 2018, there was no one fucking he better looks, than him. By the way, I just want to give a compliment Shredded. to his fucking coach. And, like, I'm not taking anything away from Eddie, but, like, Thor doesn't look like a human being. He looks like Apex Predator, the epitome mm-hmm. of human evolution. He, he looks he looks, looks bad fucking ass right fucking now. Fucking terrifying. Like, I'm pretty sure he is what they wrote. Like they base gods on, <laughs> right? Like, like seriously, you see him in those damn Roman statues. You like, know? fuck, yeah, he is fucking enormous, yeah. and he's pretty damn shredded right now, right? Too. And like, he's like, what? Th- is he still over he's still three? Probably like three thirty, three forty. Scary. Yeah, that much muscle and leanness on a six foot nine person to where, like, if you just saw him, didn't know who he was, you'd be like, yeah, he's probably like six foot, pretty shredded, pretty fucking huge. It's like, no, no, that motherfucker's six nine. Man, I there would love. There is no other six nine human. That I would looks love like that. to walk up to him and just like, you know, maybe that that may be Lick the reason abs. I may go. <laughs> so I'd leak something. Gross. <laughs> I, you saying you wouldn't? No, I would not lick what, his what if penis, it was, sir. I didn't say that. I would oh, lick you his said sweat. something and gave me I a little eyebrow. I was thinking sweat. Oh, okay, okay. Like, you know, anabolic, man. It's got to be crazy <laughs> anabolic. I mean, oh, so, man, hey, I'll do whatever I got to do to look like six foot nine. So, so the boxing thing, the thing between Eddie and Thor right now is Eddie's a shit talker. Thor is not someone who, like, receives shit talk. Thor... I feel like has a hard time bantering back. So you remember back in the day when when Eddie Hall and Robert Oberst were like bick, 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 like back and well, forth. Well, they always do. But they're both like they're both like cool with it. They both fire yeah. back, and it's just like a fun like like you and me. Like we give each other shit at the gym all the time, <laughs> right. and none of us gets like our butt hurt about it because like we know we're buddies and we're just shit talking. Right. Thor doesn't have that fire back ability. He kind of has that. My feelings are hurt, and now I'm gonna like slam you seriously from a character perspective <sighs> so he was on a podcast or something and it was like basically like he talks Eddie Hall talks some shit Thor talks some shit Eddie was like damn that wasn't real nice and then Thor was like no but you're not real nice and now it's like but you're mean no you're mean like oh, it's, God, it's like fucking it's six, like, like, like it's like elementary school kids exactly it's like you're a big bully. Well, stop bullying me about being a big bully. Like it's 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 that level, and it's because it's taken too long to make this fucking fight happen. Right, like injuries. Now it's just annoying. Yeah, I I think you know injuries aside, or like because of injuries, this thing has been cat. nuts. This cat it's destroying things. What's up? He's a cuddler. Okay. Oh my god. So anyway, back to what back, you were saying. Back to what we were saying. You were talking about world record, and we were talking about um, how. Z had more in his press than he actually did at that day. Right. Um, and you were like, man, do you know, do you just chip it or do you blow it out of the water? Here's the thing that we're getting spoiled by right now. And it's happened in powerlifting a little bit, but it hasn't happened anywhere as much as it has in Strongman. Eddie Hall blew up that deadlift world record by like... He blew it like 60 pounds yeah, or some shit. it was like 20-some, 30 kilos. If you look at the records before that, it's like 5 to 10 pound chips. And that's like in most sport, most lifting sports. It's like five to ten pound chips. It's super rare to have one just completely like 
bend it over and give it to him dirty world right. record, right? And we had that in uh, Olympic lifting with Washa this year too. Yes, but it, very few times in history has that been the case. I hate that. And, and now people are like, you only beat it. like when Thor out deadlifted Eddie. Right, right, and it was like, oh, it's only by one kilo. Oh, he out deadlifted him by one kilo. I'm like, yeah, because that's how world records fall traditionally right. throughout all of sport strength sport history until like three years ago. I just I I understand, but like I look at it from like a, a perspective of like Big Z, for example, probably could never ever reattempt that based off of his injury. Yeah, he his and, back's and too so up. so like he could probably have like an enormous like a 30 year record that no one would have broke. But because he right. barely chi- because he did just he, enough. Looking back, he's probably like, "Fuck, I should." Like, like you know, I, I like to have no <laughs> regrets, and when it comes to my training, well, and maybe he had, and maybe that's just like my mentality of how I maybe, take lifting. And maybe he had like ten or twenty pounds in him. Let's say, let's right. say twenty pounds, being generous, because I don't know that he had that much extra in him. Right. Okay, so it takes Bibby one more year to get it. Right, like right. It doesn't still, matter. It was still going down, and it's not like it was 100 pounds heavier than the world record, and Bibby's got you know, 10 years and hopefully stay injury-free. Right, you know? right, yeah. Bibby's it, been the best overhead presser. Basically, since Z got hurt in like 2017, Bibby has been mm-hmm. the best guy. He just hasn't been able to like put it together consistently, which is why Eddie Hall had the axle record for a while. Right. And those, and, well, Eddie, Eddie Hall, Eddie Hall was had, a great presser too. Well, Eddie Hall had that he when he put that uh, axle record. That was a very quick and clean lift too. Yeah, it wasn't like he was grinding it. Like he had it was a quick lift. Yeah, Eddie and Big Z and Iron Bibby by far the three most statically strong pressers of all time. Oh, without a doubt. And, and I'm not even going to put them in any particular order because because Z did not have the Axel World Record at the time Eddie did. Right. If, well, if and he they all it, he'd have taken it. In my know? opinion, they all competed during different eras of strongmen. Wouldn't like it be we great are looking at like, like a young uh-huh. group of strongmen now, whereas like back in, back then they were a little if bit more like, seasoned. Had if it some was more like miles 2007, peak Z, peak Bibby. Peak Eddie, mm. I want to see that log press world championship. Oh my god! Right, it goes back. You know they um they do that. Was it celebrity boxing or yeah. whatever? Where they yeah. do that? Like, look, yeah. man, they need to make that into strength sport. Little simulations. Yes, that'd be that'd dope. be so much better. Instead of like the Magnus for Magnuson versus uh, Bill Kazmaier Hercules hold. That happened like last year. Yeah, you know what? I like that. That was impressive. But it was here's, cool. But it's it's. But here's the you, deal. You Bill Kazmaier is like sixty fucking years old, dude. Uh, Magnus, 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 Magnus is ten like, years older. I mean, they're like eight years older or something. Is he really? Yeah, Ma- I mean, they're was, old. They're oh, wait, old. No, no, sorry. Kaz is older. Than I was Magnus. like, no, Kaz is yeah. older. Magnus was the nineties. Kaz was like the eighties, early eighties. Yeah. yeah, I was like, what? No, yeah. yeah sorry. Um, yeah, so it was like... But you want to see those guys against each other in their primes, not right, when not, they're all... Old. I mean, don't get me wrong, they'll still outlift most, most normal people. fucking people who compete in lifting, too. Right, but I mean, well, think about the risk for injury for those guys. Right. They're fucking well, old. And that's like, why... That's I like... Why I'm, I'm not trying to be was, a dick, but yeah. like... Fuck, they're old, man. Father time's a dick. Uh-huh. Well, and that's why I'm sure they went with something like Hercules hold versus like Stone Medley or like... <sighs> You know, farmer yoke carry medley or some shit like yeah, that. Yeah, but Bill Kazmaier was never really good at the, the Hercules hold. Like, uh, yeah, Magnus from Magnuson was much better at it. Yeah, he was. They, Who they, ended they, up winning that? Did Magnus win it? Yeah, okay. he beat him pretty good too. Yeah. But well, seven, eight years younger, and that was his better. They should have had five event. events head to head, just the <sighs> two of them. God. <laughs> 
See who's the best all-around strongman. I, I, Kaz is just a different type of strongman, though. I'm like thinking he's a, back he's into a crazy what, strongman. Well, exactly. Insane person strongman. Like man. he needs he needs like the weird comp- the weird elements. I feel like he yeah. thrives with the weird ones. Whereas if you take two guys that are, like if you get Kaz and Kaz's evil twin or good twin, depending on how you feel about Kaz, the guy, <laughs> um, and uh, but but evil twin Kaz isn't fucking crazy. And you put like random shit in front of him. Real Kaz is just gonna smoke him. Kaz just has like that. He he just he's like, well, I guess we'll fucking see. Right. I mean, well, because <laughs> didn't you say how he used to go train up on a fucking mountain or some shit? Oh my god, that story's ridiculous. Uh, let me see if I can remember. So he, I forget who was telling this story. It might have been Phil Fister. I don't. I don't remember. Okay, I, I remember the story. I just can't remember who told me the story. Um, so <laughs> the story is Kaz was uh, after comp. They're all just kind of hanging out and chilling. And he was like, yeah, so he used to do crazy shit. Like he'd go up into the mountains for like five days before World's Strongest Man and like eat almost nothing, drink almost nothing, and just like play in the woods. Like fucking and primal still, animalistic And he'd still bullshit. come back and like fuck everyone up. But so... <laughs> He goes, yeah, I was up in the woods and was hanging out and uh, and there was there was this bee and I said, hi bee, how did you get here? And and he said and uh, and the bee said, I'm not. God damn it! <laughs> and he's like, and then I turned and the bee was gone. What the hell are you smoking? And, and I've never seen that bee again. Good I, I may have, I may have missed what the bee said a little bit, but it was something like it was like that. Fucking squirrely <laughs> ass Bill Casma. You know what, dude? There's a bunch of Cas stories like that. And, too. and you know what? You watch the man lift, and you watch his like mannerisms, and he's just like. But it seems right. Also, if you find people that are extreme outliers in athletics, you will find. Not everyone who's like the best motherfucker in the world is like that, right? Right. But pick some of like the top tier anything. Shit. I think Kanye's that guy, right? Yes. <laughs> like, oh, yeah. oh, shit. Yeah. Like, people like to shit on Kanye. People but at like no. that super top level of whatever just have some weird shit sometimes. Well, um, <laughs> well, so I remember reading the book Relentless by uh, Tim Grover, who was Michael Jordan's trainer. And he actually talks about that. He's like, they, they, like those elite guys are fucking they weird. They go into weird ass places. They, they and have that's like how these, they can focus. In. Well, and they have these like weird um, ways of burning off steam. So Michael was like weird a, rituals. That yeah. They do well, and, so Michael was a uh, a pr- freaking gambler. Like that was his like quote unquote dark side or yeah. whatever. You know. So that kind of makes sense. You know that elite whatever they got some weird shit they do well fuck look at um elon musk yeah he's quirky as hell well he's asperger's or something too right i i don't know i think he's on the spectrum in some i mean i i could i mean i would that makes sense but like i i don't know yeah not his doctor but (laughs) um all right cool so So let's so we we did bibby we covered bibby all right so we cannot do i know we got a lot of stuff we have to cover so we may run long but we have to talk about the showdown the show oh my god so i've been waiting for this meet so long um because this is so it did not disappoint no it was not disappointing and i may be wrong in saying this but i think this is the meet that john hack the first paid meet john hack ever did 
when he left the USAPL. I could be wrong, yeah, but, I'm not sure on that. but I think this You're is definitely the, more more the powerlifter news guy. Than so, so sure. I I think this was because he's gotten all of these big money meets except for. Oh, so he's he won all the. the this was the only one he hadn't won. Uh, um, no, the Kern he hasn't won yet. Oh, okay, he didn't win the Kern. Um, so he's won. He's either he either has prior to this the showdown had won every single money meet, um. Except for the current and the and the showdown, or this was his first one. He's he did and won. I cannot remember. Um, we're splitting hairs. It doesn't matter. His performance was impeccable, and I was so stoked to see it, dude. That what did he hit like eight seventy nine or some shit on his deadlift? Was, um, yeah, I'll pull it, just, I'm gonna pull it up. So he actually there's a showdown meet Instagram. So for those of you listening along. Yeah, you should. Let's, let's I actually follow the their IG. Instagram. So yeah. John Hack, he did. What's, um, what's the name of the account? I don't know. Look it up. Showdown, showdown powerlift. I don't know. Um, I've got. I'm gonna the underscore showdown underscore meet. Oh, so if you want, oh, see the you want to like about, okay, that's where they're all gonna be. Um, oh, so John Hack did his mo- meet recap with a thousand five and a half kilo total. Um, which is what's that in freedom? In freedom units, it's twenty two sixteen. Damn, that is asinine. So his original post was that he only did a thousand a thousand point five. He met, he didn't realize that he did that much. Um, yeah, we had like thousand pound in sleeve raw squats. We like had the fucking hold on, I think. I oh my that. god, he 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 didn't even go uh, nine for nine. He missed his third squat. Dude, TD smash. Oh god damn! Can we we got, talk about TD smash. Yeah, let me let me a, finish John Hack's okay, school sorry. deadlift because I got to suck his dick a little bit or something. He he pulled. <laughs> You're into that today. <laughs> apparently, he pulled. No judgment. His Do deadlift was eight eighty seven. Uh, at 198, by at the way. At 198. His bench was 579. And at his, 198. And his he failed his squat of 766. He got, so a, he, he got a second one, though, right? Yeah, 749. Yeah. So he could have easily had a higher total. Yeah. Um, Which, Another fuck 30-ish me. pounds. Right. Yeah. Fuck. So, yeah, not fair. Um, Also, he looks... Pretty big in this in his in, uh, I on was the, I saw he the video looks, and I was like, "Who the fuck is that?" I'm like, "He looks huge." It's like, like John Hack at 240, but somehow cut 50 pounds of water. That, well, he well, so shit. he walks around at uh, 216, 220. 220. Yeah, that's yeah. What I was thinking. I was like, "God damn, man!" Yeah, he looks huge in that deadlift video. Yeah, rehydration for the. Yeah, yes. he did something right. That's for damn sure. Anyway, his Wilkes was 643.74. That's it. I know we go by dots, but. I don't care. I'm old. I like Wilkes. <laughs> um, so uh, who TD Smash? You want to talk about Smash. TD Smash's bench? So first of all, let me tell you about TD Smash. I love TD Smash. Do you remember when I was messing around with those T-shirts like two years ago? Yeah, I was making some T-shirts. He was one of my sponsored athletes. Oh, was he really? Yeah, I, I didn't like, know that. I sent him some shit. I paid him some shit. Like, um, he's he's just such a cool like he's super nice super super nice guy we definitely need to go up to south bend and train there sometime. oh shit yeah he lives in south bend well yeah that's, I, that's I, I know lives. i don't know um yeah i can i, I can was justify talking a to him up there. when i was chasing that 500 bench the meet before i hit it so i hit it on october 3rd last year so i think it was like a march or, that was the mar that was the mar that was the march meet we that did you did strongman that i did the strongman yeah. cup that so you that passed was, out on so i was talking i was talking to him leading up into that meet and he was like oh shit yeah you'll get that 500 but he didn't say shit he's a christian he's a good guy um and and he uh 
I was, he's like, dude, you just got to come up here, man. Like, we'll train, we'll, we'll bench. And I was like, fuck yeah. And then, like, I just never got my shit together and did it. Um, but I've talked to him a couple times. He's a super nice guy. I'm, I'm super excited because he did his first. Do you remember when Julius Maddox, like, kind of almost, was like, it was right about when I started talking to, to TD. It was, it was two, two and a half years ago. He missed a big bench, and it kind of, like, fell on him crazy. And TD Smash, like, dove over the bench and fucking, like, pulled it all off him. It's a I, pretty sweet video. I don't remember this. So it was, like, when Julius was going for the original bench press record before, like, kind of when he was attempting to break uh, Kirill's record the first time. Hmm. Um, and, and so he wasn't really on everybody's radar yet, other than they're like, dude, that guy benches a lot. But he hadn't really, like taking a record or anything in competition. So it was at that meet, he ended up missing it, and TD, like, fucking dove over the bench and, like, grabbed that shit. It was, it was pretty I'm going ha- to have to find this yeah. video, man. So, so it was off that video. I was like, damn, dude, good save, and we started chatting a little bit. Um, and that was TD Smash's first full powerlifting meet. And I forget what he told him, but it was like, holy shit, that was good. And then he went back to bench only because he was chasing that 700. And now he's back into full power, and oh my god, his lifts! He he had a did he have a thousand pound squat? He he his total he did not. I could his remember. total. He had the biggest total of the day at ten seventy seven point five. Damn. Which I don't know what that is in Freddie minutes, but it's more than John Hack. But it better be. He's fucking hundred. That's still not. That's only seventy. Uh, so I think seventy two kilos more. I think he went like well, but so. As he does full power, TD Smash's squat is going to get fucking gnarly. Because I think he, he like, squatted 8-ish, he pulled 8-ish, and then he benched over 7. It was, it was something like fucking that. Fucking yeah, like, in there like... It was, like, a 23-something geez. total. And it was, like, it's only, like, his second or third or maybe fourth full meet. Or, yeah, we're going to go up to we're gonna go have, to, have to go up to South Bend. Yeah. T- you know shit, what? We, should, we need a podcast with that dude. We, well, yeah, because he can tell me how to fix my goddamn bench. Yeah. He's like, I, gotta, he's I don't like, know my, my. He's like B four hundred pounds. <laughs> I don't know. My coach might not like that. Have you ever seen him though? He's, he's like, yeah. He's, he's like over six foot in giant. Like he looks kind of small when he's hanging out with Julius Mattis, just because Julius is taller and like the biggest human ever. Right. But like TD Smash next to me, I am like a little baby child, and I'm like three hundred pounds. God. Yeah. Um. I. I. One of the kids. One of the super cool. I. I. Yeah. We got to get up there. Yeah, we'll, I'll, I'll reach out to him. We'll see if we can set that up sometime. Good deal. He's My probably got a lot of heat off. right now. He's popular and shit. Oh, Jesus <laughs> Christ. Right. Yeah, everybody and everybody and their mother wants to talk yeah, to him. That, that was, but yeah, I saw, I, I, I should have known he was doing the, the showdown meet just because like, right. duh, why wouldn't he? But in my head, I had bench only, and he's doing full power now. And I saw he was on the roster, and I was like, oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> One more person we have to talk about. Or we we just talk about one group of people. Bro, the women yeah, at this goddamn say, meet were terribly was, terrifying. It was terrifying. I was about to say we haven't even talked about like honestly probably what was the coolest shit at that. Like meet. these women are holy shit impressive. Who is who's my girl that broke the all time record? I can never remember her name. Me either. Um, I feel like a horrible person. Hold on, I'll get her pulled up. You, you there's go. so uh, I'm trying to think so. Who was so they it? had Brianni. Brianni Terry pulled six twenty something, right? Hold on, I, I don't remember. She had a pretty good pull, but it was so sumo, so thing. it doesn't I, count for you. I hadn't really looked at this girl yet, Terry something. Terry Shivo. Terry Boo on Instagram. 
Just Terry. It Do you know who Terry Schiavo is? No, I don't. That's the that's the girl that was um, back in the, it was like the nineties where she was on a machine and they, they it was this big moral debate as to whether or not it was legal for them to pull the plug. Oh, I, I only know about this because of Family Guy. So thank you, <laughs> Seth McFarland, for educating me I was on. Like, I feel like I should remember that. How do you remember? It? Oh, Family Guy. Yeah, you got your news from Family Guy. <laughs> hey so, man, it's educational. So this lady. And it's funny because, like, I, I saw her, but I hadn't really, like, given it another thought because there were so many women that pulled over six. This this lady only pulled 573. Only. Only 573. and Which and, got her a top five finish. Right. But when we're talking 573 almost didn't make my radar when a female pulls 573 raw. How fucking crazy were these girls? They are... So good, and I think it's just gives it f- more fuel to bring women onto the sport, and I think that's awesome because it is still a male dominated sport, right? But why? Like women are built to be way stronger, especially when it comes to like deadlifts and squats. Well, the hip mobility is different, so that's mm-hmm. why you see a lot of sumo pulling as females. Because like uh, same with Asians, different mm-hmm. different hip. General, oh fuck! That makes sense. General hip structure, right? Mm-hmm. So it's easier to get the hips open. So it's easier to get in a really good vertical position on sumo. That makes sense. Why I haven't got my sumo so I can get in a really good sumo position. I got similar hip hip uh, hip structures. Hip to, structure as my mom. Yeah, which, uh, which my mom, my mom, sense. my mom, and I have very uh, similar hip structures and uh, thighs. Like my mom has has larger thighs. So thank you, mom, for making me go. jacked or. Er. So yeah, Which is probably why I can uh, handle God. relatively okay, dang cat. I can relatively Tail handle the uh, like a wider squat stance and a wider deadlift stance. Yeah, it makes total sense. I mean, it beats and, me and up it, eventually. And but. it means like you probably shouldn't change that because that's bone structurally what works. Well, for remember, you. We, you and I were having a conversation in the gym. I couldn't figure out where the hell, my, why the hell my my squat just kind of like disappeared. Right, and like went. It was lower than what I was hitting in uh, sleeves. When, it, when I was wearing wraps, and I couldn't figure it out. And I went back, and I was like, oh, shit, my feet are like two inches inside of where they were. Yep, yeah, you change your stance, and it gives you a little more quad, takes you out of your hips a little bit. But for you, you need those hips, and then it's just trying to balance, since you sumo pull, how, Not much, how much shit can your hips take? Yeah. Oh, my God, like my cat got stuck on my cord. No, your cat's <sighs> fat got stuck on the cord. You, oh, this... Mo, you're an angel, but go away. Good <laughs> Lord. All right, so Brianni Taylor, is that her last name? Terry. Brianni Terry. She, soon to be Sullivan. Sullivan's boo thing. Um, knocked out a 600 pole. Um, I'm trying to find, I'm trying to find my all time. Where's she at? I hate that I can't remember her name. I feel so bad. Uh, let's see. We had Christy Hawkins pull a 606. We had, oh, there she is. Plus size underscore fit queen on her Instagram. <laughs> 4.0. She is a super badass. Tamara Walcott pulled 635. That's what I thought. I was like, no, no, no. She can't outpull me. And she pulled 635 conventional as fuck. Okay, well, let me get my conventional slippers on. 
and I'll uh She's got this I'll little like groove dance when she gets down there getting situated. <sighs> she does a little like foot adjustment like you see sumo people do, but she's pulling conventional. I so. saw you know, there's a couple sumo pullers or conventional pullers who do that. Um and dude, like it it went off the ground crazy fast, stuck for just a touch mid thigh, and then she finished it out. What I wanna know about this lift is which judge gave it a red so I can slap him. Right. <laughs> But I could see it, it like, slowed down. Maybe they thought they saw downward momentum or something. But, like, dude, it was right. It was not a bad lift. So, oh, my God. Yeah, the women on the deadlifts especially were just absolutely insane. Right. Oh, yeah, that's that's definitely a – Yeah. Like, it was Im- very impressive. Yeah. Very, very impressive. Tamara, you, you definitely just got a follower from me. <laughs> not sure. that you care. Hey, so um, – <laughs> To switch gears real quick, uh, I heard that you had a thing this past weekend. I did. You wanna had, um, you wanna give a little lowdown of kind of my cat. Being Jesus, my cat. you are a so pathetic ridiculous. creation. Me or my cat? Cat. You don't talk shit about my cat. Dude. Oh, Jesus, nice video. Is this like breaking the fifth wall? Is that a fifth wall break? Wall. Fourth wall. Oh. Or is it fifth wall because it's it's audio? I think it's fifth wall because again. we're we're videoing me vid- like you're videoing me what talking are, on a pod. I don't know. What are the first three walls? I don't know, but oh, fourth wall. So stage. You it got like wall. the wall behind you. Uh, you get the walls on the side. The audience is the fourth wall. Uh, it's like when Deadpool is in his movie and then starts he's talking engaging. to the audience. Yeah, he's That's breaking the is. fourth wall. That's what it is. So I don't know what the fifth wall is. I don't know. I, well, I have to look it up. So anyway, you had a, a thing this weekend. <laughs> Yes. Oh, my God. So I was super excited to talk about this. And uh, so my training background, I came from martial arts. I did a lot of MMA. Um, and in the MMA gym I started out at, they had kettlebells. So that was kind of my introduction to strength training was just, just working with kettlebells. Um, sorry about that. We had to take a, a quick break, so I don't even remember where we left off. I don't either. All I know is when you said three, two, one, it sounded like <laughs> you were like, all right, get ready or it's, it's coming in no matter what. Yeah, that's that, uh, that kind of sounded. I think the three, two, one happened before it recorded. So if, if you're lost, that's, uh, that's why. Oh, yeah. Okay. Anyway, so, hey. Yeah, uh, we, uh, <laughs> back to, back to our regularly scheduled programming. So we, um, crap, we, uh, Dan went to a kettlebell thing. Seminar I went to a kettlebell weekend. thing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, RKC, which is kind of like the the first company that brought kettlebells over to the U.S. and like tried to popularize them. Uh, oh, Russian really? Russian Kettlebell Challenge, I think, is what it stands huh. for. Uh, so it's a Crazy certification body. Um, and uh, yeah, I did that this weekend. I uh, The gym I started with back in the day. Ooh, I think that's what I was talking about. When I originally got into fitness was, uh, other than just like machines at the YMCA and shit, it was um, MMA and did uh, some kettlebell stuff there as well. And then from there, kind of got into CrossFit and then Strongman and then powerlifting. And after this meet, I'm looking to kind of get back into the kettlebell thing. So I saw that they actually were having a certification in Louisville, Kentucky, which is only like three hours from here. So I was like, heck yeah, let's do that. Um, so I did it. And it was awesome. I learned a crap ton. There was a lot of great information um, just of course on kettlebell stuff. Um, but man, the people who ran it so freaking stellar. Um, uh, I learned a lot about other training things as well that I'm sure we'll, we'll get into here. Um, but yeah, so I'm sore as shit. I'll tell you that, dude, I, I'll <laughs> tell you what I, um, 
I, when you called me on the phone on Sunday, um, first of all, to give you guys an idea, Dan doesn't call me on the phone unless he's got some real shit to say. And yeah. I was like, oh, fuck, what happened? And so he's like, oh, yeah, I'm still in Louisville. I'm like, what the fuck are you doing in Kentucky? <clears throat> I immediately thought, oh, well, maybe there was a competition or something. And then I remembered, oh, shit, you had that seminar. Yep. And I was like, fuck, how was it? And you're like, dude, if this thing had cost me 10 grand to go to, it would have been worth it. it. Oh, my God. It would have been freaking worth it. So I was like, all right, as soon as you get, like, as soon as, uh, you know, as soon as you get back, you know, we got to do this stuff. And then the hell day were we going to get together and do it? Uh, Monday. Was it Monday? Yeah. And it was like, it was like nine o'clock or something. I was like, dude, (laughs) it is so late. (laughs) Right. You were at work like crazy late that day. Oh, yeah, I was. And so um, we're, we're talking, and then you start talking to me about some of this stuff, and I'm like, wait, 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 Freeze. we got to talk about this on the podcast, because it's freaking mind-blowing. Like, So yesterday during my bench, you gave me a cue that they gave you, because I had always benched with my pinkies. Right. You know, I used the pinky cue to like squeeze the bar, bend the bar, and, and, it's, use, a, and, it's, and it's a good cue. It's a good cue. It, it's, it's a cue that's to, really helped it's me. It's supposed to... Grab the bar, and when you when you grab things, you start to like create muscle tension starting in your hand, and then through the right. rest of your body. Like that's what making a fist does. Like if you just make a fist as hard as you can, you'll fill it in your hand. You'll start to feel it go through the rest right. Of your body. So it's a decent cue. And then a lot of people will talk about like trying to break the bar, like bring your pinkies together, like right. trying to bend the bar, and that's supposed to cue your lat engagement. Um, but for me, like if you just people who are listening, just stick your arm out and rotate your hand. And think about just rotating your hand like you're trying to bend a bar. If you just rotate your hand, it doesn't do shit with your lat. You got to screw it into the shoulder to feel that, and you got to screw it into the shoulder and pull back to feel that. Um, so this is going to be like the non kettlebell related thing that I learned there. That was just a crazy, stupid, hugely useful uh, piece of information. Applies to kettlebell work as well as basically every other. Lift well, it's too. it's interesting. We talk about the middle finger. Um, because the middle finger and the ring finger are two fingers I feel like are under talked about when I train. What's so, the ring finger? What's that? Do? I mean, I know what it is. What's it's it a waste of it's an unnecessary finger. They oh, cut it off in you. Assassin's Creed, so we we don't. So your knife can come out. Yeah, exactly. So your hidden blade. So we, you don't need it. It's an unessential uh, freaking lazy finger. Yeah. So um, <laughs> it's the laziest damn finger. So this the, the dude that was the main. Maybe it's the, the ring finger. Hannah always, my girlfriend always gave me the cue too because it, the ring finger utilizes the muscle in the middle finger and the pinky. Yes, ring finger's kind of tied. Yeah, I think that might be the cue she was always giving me. Which which isn't a bad cue, but so... Um, but back to what I was saying is, yeah. so when I'm training, um, especially when I'm doing a lat pulldown, and, and this is really, and it's very interesting to me now that I kind of think about it, when I'm doing lat pulldown, the primary finger that is holding on to the bar or the apparatus, whatever the fuck lat machine I'm using... Is my middle finger, right? So, so, that's so, your main like, gripper. like, 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 that is my main gripper, and that's what I'm pulling with. And theoretically, I could do the entire fucking movement pattern with just my middle finger. So it stands to reason that if I want to engage my lats, I want to to activate the finger that engages the lats. Now, if I train all the time and my pinky is the finger I use. All the time to like hold on to it and I engage my lats that way. You might maybe be able the to motor pattern that. Yeah, maybe yeah. the motor pattern would be different. But, but the natural motor pattern yeah. for the upper body is that middle finger. So uh, the guy that kind of talked with us about this, uh, Doctor Chris Holder, he's out of out of California. He's got some crazy stuff going on. He's like a doctor in like Chinese medicine. He's been like an RKC guy since like 2003. He's worked with like NFL teams, NBA teams. If it's a professional 
sport. He's probably worked with them at some point. Um, so just a very big knowledge base, not just in kettlebell, but in athletic performance especially. Um, and he was kind of the lead instructor. And I'll get into the other instructors a little bit too because everyone there that was leading stuff is pretty super badass. Um, but this thing particularly he was introducing to us. So if you want to play along at home, you want to stand up and, and mess with this. Um, he talked about proprioception, which is basically how your body relates to where you are in space and the world around you without any like visual cues. So it's basically like your 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 sense of touch showing you and telling you where you are and how your body relates to things is another way to think about it. So if you think about when you're standing up or doing anything in life, typically your feet are the only things that have contact to the ground when you're moving around, about in your life, right? So the main proprioceptor in your body is your big toes. Your big toes basically give your body and your brain all Hang this Hang on, don't say that too loud because Squat University will like, be like, oh my God, I told you. So, that's their big damn thing is their so, big toes. But and he's, so is, and he's uh, right. He's right. So is Chris Duffin. Chris Duffin is all about the uh-huh. big toe. And the and the big that's why I have big t- I have good mobility in my big toes. Well, and so for for me personally from a squat so okay, we'll just walk through the steps first. Okay, there's there's four cues that you want to relate to yourself or your athletes to get shit firing properly. Get your pen and paper. Yes. Note time. The first is um set it up. So set up your squat stance however you normally squat, right? Then the next step is feel it. So by feel it, we mean we want to feel whatever the main proprioceptor that you're using is, which is going to be your big toe in this case. So you get your squat stance, number one. You push your big toe into the ground as hard as you fucking can. Feel it. Feel what's happening. Okay? Then you screw it in. And by that, we mean the cue knees out, that cue spread the floor, like all that shit that's meant to cue your glutes to engage and to create a tight platform from the waist down. For me, I've tried those cues, and they've just never fucking worked for me, and I never knew why. And it's because if you don't engage the big toe first, your brain doesn't really understand what you're trying to fucking do. And that's the, hu- that's the huge piece that I've missed for 15 years of competitive lifting. In, in 20 minutes, it immediately fixed everything. So, so get your stance, set it up, feel it, feel your big toe, screw those hips in. And then I did this drill with you in the, uh, the, the cue is pull down with your hip God flexors. damn it. You know what? This is, can we talk about this? Cause yes. it is like, so Monday night I'm out here waiting for Dan to get back from the gym and you know, I'm just chilling. I'm like, all right, cool, man. I had some homework I had to do anyway. So, um, Dan, Dan was coming back from the gym. I'm like, Hey, I'll just hang out, park in front of your, your house. Well, I'm out in the dark at like for like 30 minutes in front of Dan's house. This random yeah, person. Yeah, I forget why it took so long. And <laughs> freaking, uh, oh, you're loading equipment. Oh, that's right. And so I'm sitting out there and, you know, you live in a cul-de-sac, like neighborhood, whatever you want to call it. And so I very, got a, Very upper middle white class life. Yeah, like I look strange. Like I do not, I cannot even imagine what these people are thinking. And then so I get out of my car when Dan gets here. And then, you know, we're kind of talking and then he kind of shows me this cue and he's like, lay down on the ground. I'm like, what? 
you know. So we lay, I lay on the ground and I kick my legs up in the air and I can only imagine because Dan grabs I hope, my I hope ankles. everyone was watching. Dan grabs my ankles and it looks like he's going to, God, I wish I had a camera. Maybe Ellen took video of it. That'd be funny as hell. We can reenact it if we need to. Right. Yeah, maybe we'll do a video. We probably actually do because it's a pretty good drill. Yeah, no, it, we, we should no reenact really it. really feel it. Yeah. Um, but just to give you guys an idea, so I'm in full, you know, Dress shirt, button up, khakis, and it I'm looks like, like get your ass in the dirt. And Dan is in like, <laughs> like short, like workout clothes, and it looks like it some looks, sexual it act is getting ready to happen. Yeah, and I'm just like, what is going on right now? And I, I just felt ultimately vulnerable, as you should. <laughs> so, anyways, the, the drill is you have them lay down and pretend like they're standing in a squat. So their squat width is going to be the same. Your feet are going to be flexed because if you're standing on the ground, that's where you're doing. And then one person grabs you by the Achilles, to, like under your ankles, so kind of by the Achilles, and they kind of lift your feet a little bit so there's some air. And then from there, the person on the ground needs to pull their knees up basically in like stirrup position, right? But really, you're pulling yourself into the bottom of a squat. You'll feel a couple things happen. You'll feel your hamstrings fire, but more importantly, you'll feel your hip flexors fire because that's what your hip flexors do is they start, they, they are responsible for pulling your knee up, for flexing your hip, right? So you'll feel that fire. Now, if you're just standing up with a barbell, you probably just go down. Um, or maybe you try to stay tight, keep your back up, but you're still just kind of going down, right? Right. Yeah. But no, when it, you think about firing your hip flexors and pulling yourself down, you're not going to shoot down like a rocket. You're going to be your knees are you're torqued out into your hips, and your hip flexors are tight. So you're going to go down. Your descent's probably going to be a little slower. But what it does is you have your, your glutes cued, your legs are rotated out, so you're actually in your IT bands. So this gets rid of your knee valgus when it gets heavy where the knees drop in right and you're pulling down in your hips so now when you're in the bottom of a squat and you kind of are like fuck when you start reversing the motion you don't feel that anymore because your platform's so goddamn stable right and you know and that's and that's something you and i were talking about yesterday when i was when we were in the gym is i am uncomfortable uncon and i'm not very confident right now in the hole me too yeah. and, and and i don't know why why and so doing this cue where my hip hips are fired because we just talked about those before the break, I am a hippie guy. You know, I yep. if I do not utilize my hips and my lifts, I will suffer. Oh, for sure. So so activating my hip flexors and preventing that butt wink will probably give me a ton of confidence in yep. that hole because I can like when I activate things correctly, my squat is perfect. Like well, and if you're not thinking great. about activating your hip flexors, since its job is to flex your hip, right? When you have a weight on your back, gravity is flexing your hips, so it doesn't really have to do anything, right? But if you make it do things, the amount of difference you feel coming out of the hole of a squat is totally different, totally different, and you'll be more comfortable going into a squat. So for me, it pushed my depth down like an extra inch and inch and a half or so because my brain was like, "Oh shit, we're stable. Go wherever you want." Well, and see, that's my thing, because you and I both have a depth issue, mm -hmm. and because I have, I always blame it on tight hips or poor mobility, but it's probably just a cue error. It's because your your hip flexor isn't activating to create stability. Right, and I have done, and that's part of when I would do, I found a video a long time ago that Joe Sullivan posted a long time ago, 
of and that's why when I started doing those really long warm up drills where I'm spending like mm-hmm. forty five minutes warming up my hips. You're warming up like you're a fifty year old dude, man. Yeah. Well it worked. It <laughs> fucking was working. And then I brought my stance in so it was unnes so I was not utilizing my right. hips at all like a fucking idiot. I was trying to trying to get some bigger quads, man. Yep. I so, wanted bigger quads. So the thing that was that was also, that was even cooler about this than just fixing my squat. Because for all you that listen, you know squats kind of been the bane of my existence and my powerlifting career in general. <laughs> but especially recently, um, he was like, "Okay, now." He, he's like, "I'm going to get real crazy." He's like, "Really, I've been trying to figure this shit out for like 20 years, <laughs> and here it is." So there's those four steps: set it up, feel it, screw it in, pull. Right? Those are your four cues. He's like, now what happens if you're doing a bench press on racket? That's your set it up. Okay. Then what? Well, your proprioceptors in your upper body are your middle fingers. So set it up. Push in with those middle fingers. Grab Like when people are like, grab the bar hard. It's almost it. But not, right, like, but like, not quite. Like, like, so you could grab the bar hard with your your front, your well, fingers, and or, hands or you hurt. can grab them hard with all your fingers. Right. But if you are mentally engaging the middle finger, you're cueing your brain to be like, feel this shit with the thing that feels shit. Right. And well, then bend the bar, uh, screw your shoulders in. Now you're going to feel a crazy difference in the amount of lat tension you get. And you can see it on my bench video. I worked it to my opener on Monday, uh, 4.45. And uh, it goes down a little slower than normal. Oh, and then you're pulling down with your lats. So the cues are the same, right? Set it up. Find your proprioceptor. Screw in. Pull down with the pulling muscle, right? Mm-hmm. And the level of... So you can see when I unrack it, I'm usually pretty tight. I have like a slight arch going. Mm-hmm. But then this is different from any other bench video I've taken in recent history. When I cue my middle fingers and I screw my arms in, you see my arch get tighter and push up a little bit. Well, that's a super yeah. hard thing to do after you unrack the bar, right? Well, and, and or, it just happens, right? And remember when I was benching, um, and I was having you guys give me that press command. The one I, I literally like brought it down and not really engaged my middle finger, and then I mm-hmm. engaged my middle finger at the hole, and you guys kind of saw my the bar rotate forward, my yep. wrist cocked up. And it just like felt like it flew <laughs> off my chest. I was like, yeah, yeah. and that's why it's so goddamn yeah. important to make sure you do this cue. And do that cue before it goes down. Well, duh. <laughs> no fucking kidding. And I like that cue because yeah. it is re- like when you're squeezing the bar that hard, you truly have to think about pulling it to you. For sure. Like, like it really does. So when I was doing it on my floor press, I was like, it was moving really slow because I was like having to force it down. But it weight was moving well. Now the other thing that's that about my bench specifically, I need like like you know how you can just kind of be loose and the bar will come down to you because mm-hmm. like gravity. So my shit is so tight that I need at least 165 pounds on the bar before gravity will do that. Really, like, I actively pull down on the bar when it's below 185 to get it to touch my chest. Like if I just chill and I'm loose, it'll be like three inches off my chest. Um. So, so <laughs> I, I have kind of like a bent in bench, built in bench shirt because my uh, I'm so internally rotated, right? But uh, you got a higher risk for injury that way. I know, but my bench goes up quicker that way, <laughs> and that's what matters right now. So, so I I've always kind of had a tendency to have to pull and engage my lats in some way, 
But the the speed at, that that four forty five came off my chest, Real it good. is it has never moved that fast ever. It looked really fast. It was crazy. All right, so so now my mind's like blowing up a little bit too because I'm like, shit, it works on squats. Oh shit, he just made it work on bench. Then he talked through it on like a strict kettlebell press, the same fucking thing. So yeah, when I'm doing when I do bottoms up, mm-hmm. oh my, like that is probably one of my favorite uh-huh. warm up drills that I have to do because I have to squeeze and I have my tiny ass hands. Around and now, a 44 that, you know, pound and now that you can apply those cues too, it's probably gonna get even fucking better. Right. And he goes, "Okay, now I'm really gonna fuck with you." He's like, "He's like, uh, now let's talk about deadlifts. Get in your stance. Feel your big toe. Screw it in. Okay, your glutes are engaged. Okay, he's like, now go pull down with your hip flexors and grab the bar. Oh shit! Now we have to do upper body things too. Do those four steps again, but with your upper body." And I was like, oh, I can't wait to pull my deadlift opener this week. And right. And it, so he's like, he's like, yeah, so something, he's like, once I figured it out, it was so damn simple. I'm pissed that it took me 20 years to figure it out. But, Ooh. oh, my God, it works on everything. So so I struggle with hook grip, and it slips. Hmm. Engaging that middle finger. Yeah, I, I was just, I just dawned on me. Mm, boy. I feel like for me personally, and this may be different. I don't know if I can people. get my thumb over there, over my or my middle finger over my thumb. So mine starts there, but when it gets heavy, it usually goes to the pointer and stays there. Yeah, but I wonder. I may just pull mixed grips. So I don't have to think about it. Well, I mean, <laughs> fuck. I'm, I mean, it's I'm far enough away. I can. Yeah, but for me, it, but I'm just so wondering. for me, like that cue number two, where you, you're trying to feel your big toe or your middle finger, made all the other shit that I've been trying to do for a decade just work. Um, so yes, try that shit at home. So that was a piece of information that wasn't necessarily directly kettlebell related. It wasn't really in like the RKC manual, but was pretty damn next level. Right. Um, yeah, that, that's some like intense shit. You well, fail, you failed to test too. Didn't you? Yeah, I was going to get into that. Yeah. Oh, so my so, bad. Sorry to jump. No, you're gun. good. You're good. So, so day one, we did just a shit ton of swing mechanics on the kettlebell. Uh, and we probably did like 500 ish swings. So <laughs> on the way home that, that evening to my brother's house that lives in Louisville, um, my hamstrings driving there, driving to his house locked up and my quads locked up at the same time. So there's like just no fucking relief. And I'm just you driving. You were driving? I was driving in the car Fuck. and I was like, ah, if I crash, the pain goes away. Like I was okay with crashing if I needed to. But, um, but thank God, eventually the hamstrings like let up for a second. But then my fucking glutes started cramping. So I had like a quad and glute cramp at the same time. This is just to illustrate. There was a lot of freaking volume. <laughs> Man, that, well, and that day. neither you nor not, I not... are prepped currently to oh uh, participate in. Very reppy activities. Yeah, we are not. My my last heavy bench day was like nine reps of singles on bench and two sets of ten tricep extensions. That's my whole workout. That's that's the level of like muscle conditioning well, I'm so, at. So right so here's here's the crazy thing is because uh, my my squat and my deadlift are miles a bit above where my bench is. So currently, I think my last deadlift day I moved eight thousand pounds. My right. bench day I moved twenty two. Just because you're more reppy on that day. Yeah, yeah, like like the volume I have on my deadlifts is crazy. Yeah, I was going to say right now. My, and that's my with volume. my like fucking set of 10 of uh, 405 RDL. My volume in training sessions right now on bench is like 8-ish. And my volume on like squats and deadlifts is like maybe 10, 10,000. So it, whereas like off season, I'll be like. 30, 40,000. Right, you know? right. Yeah, I'm not looking forward to this off So, yeah, I, w- it's I would kick my butt. 
I had to seize the opportunity to take the certification because it was so close, and I've been wanting to do it for so long. But I'm, I definitely was not prepped to do well at it, especially, honestly, going in for the so that to to get out of this thing with your certification, you have to do a hundred one arm snatches with a kettlebell. Uh, for dudes, it's a fifty three pound kettlebell, which isn't a lot of weight. Like I'm confident with that, but just like the conditioning of it. The wind is not there. And then for me, my back just started being tired and, and lit up. And I was like, if my back's in, like, I know I could have gotten a hundred, but you have to do it in under five minutes. And I know I would have been over five minutes. And I was like, ah, fuck it. My back's locked up. So I got to 75 before I was, and we had like a minute and some change left. And I'm like, yeah, I'm not going to get that. Oh, fuck. Um, so I would have been close, but like, I, I think I probably would have been able to do like, maybe two snatches before I'd have to set it down until the end. So I probably, it probably would have taken me like six and a half minutes or something when all said and done. Um, but they have a 90 day window, um, that you could retest it and send the video to one of the instructors and, and get it squared away. So I'll do that after okay. the, I have nationals in less than two weeks. Yeah. Do it after nationals. So, <laughs> but did you tell them that? Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm not really prepped for this, but I, I, I'd worked out to like the 50 ish, 50, 60 range a couple times without an issue. But I think, so I think there were two problems. One, just, I'm not built for muscle condition right now. And the cardio is not there. Cause I'm prepping for powerlifting me. And you're over three bills. But I'm not over three. I'm like 297 today, buddy. Oh yeah. Well, you, I'll you, go to bed at 301 though. Okay. I was like, well, you need to bump. <laughs> those are some rookie numbers. You need rookie to bump numbers. that shit up. <laughs> um, so that was, that was a big piece of it. But honestly, I think an equally big piece was the snatch test is on day two. And I just told you how beat to shit I was for day one. But so I guess back in the day they used to do it on day one. But then if your hands all tore up and shit and you're beat to hell, like you're just not going to be able to like do the shit you need to do to know what you're doing by the end of the second day. Um, So I think that was kind of the, the, that's why they put it on day two. So you could like get your shit done without your hands being tore up and then just go balls to the wall at the end of day two. So it makes sense, but there's good things and bad things either way. If it was fresh, I might have had a chance, but whatever. It is what it is. I'll, I'll get it done. I, it's it's cool to be an RKC certified instructor, right? Like, it, it, that's cool. But I went there to, like, learn a bunch of shit. Like, my credentials in the fitness world are already to the point where I get clients. Right. So if I never pass the snatch test, I, I could probably still get clients that want to play with kettlebells. Now, I will pass the snatch test, but it, it wasn't. I wanted to go there to learn shit, not right? For, it not wasn't for it, some letters, right? You know? Right. I mean, yeah. I, so yeah, certifications are they're what you want to make them. Well, and some of them you just need it to legally practice, right? Right. Well, it was yeah. So and this like, isn't one of those. This right. is one where like I need it. If if someone specifically wants kettlebells, it's great to have it, right? And. I think it's good because it is going to carry over into your training so much Absolutely. more. Um, I know you and I have talked about in the past, prior to this, um, adding using utilizing kettlebells over dumbbells for uh, pressing shoulder mobility because it's fucking so much harder. And and benching, well, because if you think about kettlebell when you're overhead pressing, the bell's kind of behind you, mm-hmm. so it kind of forces you to open up that lat and open up that shoulder a yep. little bit, which is for my bench press purposes, not super helpful right now, but, but for, <laughs> for life and general fitness yeah. and staying injury free, super important. I also really like them. And this isn't something they really do in the, in normal kettlebell training, but bench pressing with kettlebells, a lot more pec activation. Well, Same I, I, you always had out. me do the, uh, yeah. When, when, when you were doing my, like 
those bodybuilding type stuff where we were just kind of jacking around and mm-hmm. doing um like incline press and stuff. I you were yeah. like use dumbbell or kettlebell, and I was like, I've never done it with kettlebell. It's Fuck yeah, I want to do it with kettlebell. It is way harder. Now if, it if you're someone sucks. like it. It hurts. Sometimes they can sit on the wrist weird or whatever. Yeah, but, my wrist got bruised to hell. But yeah, but it's it's a definitely a different stimulus than a dumbbell. Um, but so, but back to like this certification of what we actually did. I, I like swings for warm ups. I've always kind of used them for warm ups. I have never swung this hard in my life. So they are big on swinging, not just not just to get the thing fucking moving, right? Right. And I'm always. Duh, like, yeah, we're not trying to do front raises. We're trying to use our, our hip thrust to create the momentum, and that's why the kettlebell moves. Um, but they are like that, but so much more. It, they basically say, like, if you have a 10-pound kettlebell, you should be able to contract your shit and move it so hard and so fast that it feels it should be the same amount of work on your ass and hamstrings as if you're swinging a 70, if you're doing it right. Really? Just because of the amount of energy you're putting into it. So it shouldn't matter whether it's 70 pounds or 30 pounds. Um, and then I, I also had a cool little barometer piece that I picked up from them. Uh, we were talking about, like, how heavy is too heavy of a kettlebell swing. And yeah, they were basically like, as heavy as you can fucking go, as long as your hip moves fast. Like, if your glutes can't contract as hard as they can and your shit still doesn't move fast it's too heavy it's a ballistic movement it needs to be firing out the gate like a gun if it can't then it's too heavy you know back when i first got into powerlifting um i had a buddy of mine he was doing some of my programming jerry and he had some pretty cool we had some weird it was weird we squat bench and deadlift five days a week ouch um and we worked up to like a heavy single two or three of those times of the week Wednesday, every Wednesday I was summer's a little like that on Sunday. Every Wednesday was we take we work up to sets of ten mm-hmm. on squat bench and deadlift. That's fucking terrible. But what was interesting about this warm up this that was all I did. There were no accessories. And I got relatively strong actually on Well, because the sports specificity mm-hmm. piece of it is pretty huge too. But and my high frequency warm-ups will get you strong. Were specific. Only kettle I had two kettlebells. It was Goblet squats and kettlebell swings. That was my warm up, dude. And I tell and you what, I it fucking works. love <laughs> kettlebell. Like kettlebell swings are fun. Like minus the fact that I would always be afraid of like letting go right. and it flying fifty feet. I love kettlebell swings. So the other big thing we hit on day one uh, was was thinking of a like yes, it's a hip thrust. Yes, it's glutes and hams and all that. But it's like one of it's one of the only tools I think sandbag carries some strongman stuff get a little like this too but it's one of the very very few tools in fitness where you shift your center of gravity to a completely different plane oh totally right so think about that from not from like a strength sport thing but think about that from like an athlete development perspective well that's why do you follow joel seaman on instagram Mm -mm. oh fuck man he is He's all about functional fitness, man. Some of his shit, I got to show you. While, while you're talking, I'll, I'll, no, you're I'll good. pull him up. So, he, uh, so that's a big piece, and I never thought about that before. Um, and another thing they were talking about is it's one of the only things that will, if you do it correctly, primarily load your connective tissues, not just overload your muscle tissues. Huh. So Joel Seaman was just on uh, Mark Bell's podcast, but he's a big believer in not squatting past 90 degrees. He thinks squatting past 90 degrees is unnecessary. So he works with a lot of like NFL athletes. Um, oh, for athletics, I a hundred percent agree. So yeah, yeah. So he works with a lot of athletes, and 
he's big into. Oh, I gotta find some of this. He's he's big into like these weird explosive mm-hmm. movements. Like I mean, we're looking at a video of a guy with a barbell suspended by straps two straps from the, yep. from the rack, and they're exploding and slowly. And it's coming up muscle. at like a thirty to forty ish degree angle because of how the arc is. Right. And if you think about it, if you're coming off the line in football, yeah, that's way that, more I mean, that's a specific. fucking left sled right there. Yep. for you football. Um, but like he he he. I mean he. This is just him. <laughs> But, like, he does these, like, weird things, like this right here. How he's got his so guy got activating a, a hip flexor yep, muscle so he's while got he's got his, his foot banded to the floor, one leg lifted on the band, so he's having to keep that hip flexor engaged while he's pressing. So, for me, I feel like there's value in a building stability standpoint for that from an athletic yeah. perspective. But Pat Davidson kind of talks about this quite a bit. Um like a thruster, like a squat with an overhead press. Right? Oh, fucking thrusters, like, man. Hey, it's Those good for, are it's brutal. It's good for conditioning, but is it ideal for building leg strength and upper body strength? Right. No, it's not. Right. It, 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 but so it depends on what you're it going It depends for. on your goal, and yeah. that's why I think it's kind of silly when people are like, and I mean, I shit on them too. Sometimes I think it looks ridiculous, but I am not an NFL athlete. Right. Like, would I be, if I was an NFL athlete? Yeah, you like, wouldn't. You wouldn't like, live at the fairway if you were. Well, fuck no. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Fucking check out the news, man. Um, <laughs> no, uh, the. But when I was in college, when I played football in college, we did not. We were. We did a lot of like, um, Olympic style training, like very West Side stuff, athletic yeah. based stuff. Um, we didn't really focus as much on stability and being able to move in a in the in or be able to switch planes consistently and right. efficiently. And we didn't do that. We got now that we were being strong. Said, I was strong. That being said, and this is this is strongest this is a, clean and jerk I, I ever would, had. I would love this podcast, but the difference between like so if you're if you're a golfer right and we go to the weight room, do we need to simulate more fucking golf swings or should we just get you stronger and let your practice of that sport develop that skill? So same thing in football. It's like I don't know. dodging and weaving and stability. It's like you're getting so much work on that. Right. Do we need to keep working it? I used to work at a gym where uh, they, they were big into working with athletes and I would watch them fuck up pitchers by doing like weighted shit in a pitching motion. It's like, dude, he's already getting the shit kicked out of his shoulder. Intra- like, stop doing more. That's of it. an interesting concept. I know, uh, and I, for I can golfers, argue it both ways, but because because I used to fucking love golfing, and I had a pretty good golf drive. Um, I could go over three, but like, um, for you guys that I don't are listening, even know what that, that three hundred yards is a oh, pretty okay. pretty healthy drive. Like on a par four, that's about driving the green, which is pretty goddamn good. Um, but my drive was inconsistent because what was happening is, is I was at the time when I was starting to get into lifting and I was a junior, senior in high school, I was starting to get so strong. It threw, it threw off so your my swing. strength yeah. increase made my swing and my consistency get worse. Yeah, my only argument would be like overuse injury potential. Right. Just keep hammering the same thing. Right, but. right. Well, and, and you see golfers who, and golf is a, I don't know if that's a good example or not, but they, they spend hours Right. Hours at the fucking range. So then do they need to spend more hours doing that at the gym or should they do other shit that right. keeps them healthy and allows them to keep doing that? Right, right. It, it's definitely an interesting more, area to discuss. It's definitely more the side I come down on, but I kind of get the other piece. Too. It, it's like anything. You want to push performance to the level right. as hard as possible 
while not causing an injury, and that's a tough balance. Well, it, it, and it's like that with everything in life, though. Yeah. Everything in moderation is great, um, unless you like lots of cookies. God, dude, I mean, I ate <laughs> six cookies. All right, all right, I'm gonna I'm gonna take us back to the to the kettlebell thing. Oh yeah, my bad, we got off track. I, I, dude, I tagged all my instructors on it on that little story post of my cat being stupid. So I'm like, I'm, I got to make sure to like put out some content that actually you know, <laughs> credits them. And my bad. They, oh my god, they did such a great job. Yeah, I but want, no, I want to I I dig into them too. Um, so yeah, on the swings, so many good things. So basically, uh, there's a concept cause the kettlebell is basically hammering into your connective tissues. You're basically using your structures to kind of spring it back instead of having to flex it back with your muscle. Um, and I hope I'm not bastardizing that, but that was the gist of what I was understanding. Um, so basically on your kettlebell swing, if you wait, uh, till you're about to hit yourself in the nuts, then hinge back and pull back as hard as you can it loads your hip flexors and or, so it loads your IT bands so hard that yes, you're still going to want to squeeze your ass and pull the hamstring and do all the things and flex your quads to get everything moving. But you will get so much more force for hammering into those IT bands that the upswing is almost free from an energy standpoint, which is why in kettlebell sport, you'll see motherfuckers doing shit for an hour without stopping. Because they're using their connective tissues and their support structures to load up and fling back. Which is also why if you are a guy or girl that wants to, that doesn't want to get muscly, but likes the idea of getting stronger, kettlebells are kind of the only option for that because it's using structure and connective tissue just as much, if not more, uh, from a as muscle. More kettlebell work, it seems like I need to add. Well, and now think about... Uh, what's what's a really common injury in strongman powerlifting when you're talking about deadlifts? Stones. Oh, back. Back's blowing out, biceps popping. What is that shit? That's connective tissue issues, right. right? Okay, so what if we had a training tool that will bulletproof your connective tissues faster than just lifting loads? Because when you're lifting loads, your muscles are doing most of the work. Connective tissues are stabilizing, but, like, the volume of work is hitting your muscles. Well, you know what, and that's... And that's with every, almost every sport, you know, uh-huh. think about what we, we don't, I mean, do you do every once in a while people will blow out a muscle belly? Right, right. Right. Yeah, that does happen. But most of the time it's a Typically connective a, tissue a connective injury tissue issue. and in the realm of athletics and perform, people say that, you know, the reason that people on performance enhancing drugs tend to get hurt more easily is because their muscles develop And it's always quickly, connective tissue, right? And they never... And the, the connective tissues in the joints can't catch up. The, the anabolic agents will help your muscles get bigger and Correct. stronger way faster than your connective tissues. Right, so... Isn't that crazy? Yeah, like, no, I'm like mind fucked. So like, I'm like, I'm like, okay. So what assistance work do I have on deadlift day? I'm doing you some glute work. I'm doing some hamstring work. I'm doing some back work. I could do some fucking squ- swings instead of the glutes and hammies because I promise you'll feel them because I sure as shit did after that first day. Right. Do and, do and some I'm do some getting, kettlebell swings for and a minute. I'm getting the bonus of that connective tissue. So if you kettlebell swing, like you don't got to be doing like snatches and and. Crazy shit with kettlebells. You don't have to do windmills and stuff. You don't have to do like juggling shit. But if you just like, <laughs> if you just put in a fair amount of volume of swings, not even just as a warm up, but in your assistance work, like five sets of 10 hard swings with a kettlebell you can move fast with, bang for buck, it's just not even close. Hmm. Now, if you're looking at bodybuilding, bang for buck, it's not even close either. You should do some leg curls and RDLs and shit. Right, right. But like, but if you you're know, talking strength sport. 
Yeah, where, where your weight is very important, son. You know, the big the big thing is, you know, you got to get bigger to get stronger. Right. Well, if you can strengthen connective tissue to prevent injury when you do get b- bigger or you can just be able to get stronger in another way, mm-hmm. you know, maybe you add 10%, but you don't have to make, make a body weight change. That's a big fucking leg up. So like another, big little, leg another up. little dot I connected to, um, I was asking kind of about, uh, I was talking with Dr. Holder, Chris, who was, who was running the thing. I was like, so, because when we were talking about um, the ballistic nature of it, the connective tissue, the response of, like, power development with a swing compared to, like, other things, I was like, so as compared to, like, jumps and plow, like, our box jumps still, like, I, for me, my head, I'm like, for me personally, what will give me the biggest performance boost? Right, I always, I always did, um, de- like, because I was a big West Side person. Yeah. Still am. I love West Side um, just because it's what I started with. And they are big fans of deceleration yep. and I've, jump box jumping I've down from box. I used to think it was the dumbest thing in the world in drops, high school. And I, I do it, and I am grateful that I do. I did those when I was younger because, thank God, my knees can – and they kind of handle it. And they work, right? Like, it's great for athletic development. Louis Simmons is huge on, like, not really being married to anything. But right. then if it works, he's going to do the shit out of it. And jumps are one of the things he uses, right? And and you see that in many, many forms of high-level athletics. So for me, I'm like, oh, jumps. But swings, too, basically the same benefit, but way lower risk for injury. And now I'm dealing with, like, a lot of general population people coming to me for stuff right. at the gym. So for me, I'm like, well, fuck if I have him jump, I have him jumping up onto pads and then stepping down. So, because he Chris was saying basically uh, the risk to reward because people suck at landing makes kettlebells a way better choice. Right, right. Because you would always see like the, you the jump benefit. down from the box, jump mm-hmm. back up, and or people, whatnot. And people don't know how to land soft unless they did athletics growing up. Right. And so many people getting into fitness are straight from the couch. Maybe they were athletic thirty years ago. Right. Or maybe they've never been athletic at all. Like, my fiance's a great example. She was never into athletics. She isn't going to know how to land soft. Like, that's a skill you develop at a young age. And if you start trying to learn that skill at an older age, you'll suck at it for a really long time because those matter, motor patterns are already established. Right. But I can get her kettlebell swinging and get her developing good speed, you know? Right. Yeah, no, I um, I mean, I, I'm, I'm thinking, I'm just thinking back to, like, Doing kettlebell swings. I haven't done kettlebell swings in a very long time. I think because we we never had we never really programmed them very much. Right? Did we? Not a ton. And I really hadn't used them other than swinging for warm ups in a really long time. And then Turkish getups. Turkish getups was another huge thing they went over. And they were basically saying, regardless of what you're into, if you swing and you Turkish get up, you'll fix a lot of shit. Really? You know what? I used to because um, I did um, fucking. Uh, Brian Aldrew, uh, strong man out yep. of Maryland, great guy by the way. Um, he's the one that did some of my first programming, and he had me do Turkish get-ups. I remember, and I thought they were the dumbest freaking thing in the world. I probably was doing them wrong. So their their thought process on it is uh, power leakage. Like, why does stability make you stronger in everything? Because th- there's better transfer of power. You're not right. You're not sloppy in the bottom of the bench, more of that press power goes into the bar instead of into your body into the bench, right? Okay. If your body's rigid, it goes into your body, your body doesn't move, so it goes into the bar. Hmm. Turkish get-ups teach you how to shore up that pipeline and close all the leaks in fucking every position. I'm going to have to be doing some 
Turkish yeah. get-ups. Chris, can I have so that Turkish get-ups? That was like the swings? day one shit was those two things, basically. Um, and he talked a little bit. We'll talk on athletics again. Uh, he coaches a school, like basically strength and conditioning coach at the school out in California that kicks Oh, yeah. Ass. Is it Heritage Christian? I think it's a Catholic school. Or I'm, Her- not, Her- I'm not sure. I, I, I think I know which one you're talking about. I think Jimmy Clausen went to college there, yeah, high he, school there. Yeah, he murders. They murder everyone yeah. in every sport. Um, and so he was saying one of the things he does with his incoming freshmen, especially with football, is people just don't like getting hit. Like, people are nervous about getting hit. Oh, you and me don't get that because I came from, like, the hood fighting and then, <laughs> and then and then competitive like contact sports and you right. came from contact sports and we were both crazy and good at it so like we don't mind getting hit apparently most people aren't like that in high yeah, school yeah <laughs> people don't like getting hit i was never well so when i was in high school i was always smaller as long as you hit first it's fine yes so <laughs> i knew i learned really really quickly when i was playing football in like 8th grade junior high that if i hit them first or i like if I res- like hit them harder or I tried to hit them first before they could hit me, mm-hmm. it hurt a hell of a lot less. Oh, like yeah. It was going to hurt, but I knew if I hit but them they're first. they're going to hurt more. Yes, it hurts them more than it'll hurt me. That's why uh, <laughs> so, <laughs> when you headbutt someone, you it, yeah, yeah do, don't recoil. Meet. Yep. Go through it. Go break, headbutt right through them. Break the board. Yeah. <laughs> or the skull. <laughs> my, uh, my second amateur fight. Didn't you headbutt someone? My second amateur fight. So my first three amateur fights, uh, we didn't have gloves. It was bare knuckle. So we had like wraps. Um, and you could headbutt. And you could foot stomp when they're on the ground. It was the wild fucking West back then. Fucking A. So yeah, my second fight, I won with a headbutt. So. I was going to say, I thought I remember a number, you said you... A number of headbutts from the bottom, actually. Really? <laughs> Damn! Yeah, just grab their head and you do real well where I work too. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm not that guy anymore, but yeah, back then I was. Well, you were because you were a. Uh, I was an you asshole. Were, you were a cop. Yeah, yeah. Fucking dirty cop. Whoa, whoa, whoa! That was way after my MMA. Career. <laughs> <laughs> I was a nicer guy as a cop than I ever was as a fighter. Oh shit! Um, but okay, sorry. Sorry, back, we're sidetracked. Back on track. God, get me, get me, John, on about war stories. Um, oh, so he was saying, uh, to kind of get them used to making contact and being okay with contact, he'll do a cycle where they do a lot of kettlebell cleans cause it's actively hitting your body. And he's like, after however long his cycle is, he's like, they could take a hit and they could like hit people cause they're banging themselves with heavy ass kettlebells all day. <laughs> Um, so that was a weird application That's that I would have never thought of. interesting, like, desensitization yeah. method. I like that. Well, it's done in a safe, controlled way, too, well, right? Yeah, because so much there are... Builds the armor. Well, and there is so much, at least in my old high school, because my dad always was like, oh, you should come back and coach. I'm like, no, I'm good. I'm a dick. Uh, the kids, because the, the, there are some pretty relatively strong kids in the community that don't do athletics, and it's because they're right. afraid of that contact. Afraid of getting hit. Contact is, is and apparently so, a skill you need to develop. Right, the man. These ki- Well, that's because these it. kids didn't play outside and fall and skin their damn knees enough. Yeah. Fucking. Let's just go push kids down and make them skin their knees. <laughs> I feel like we'll be helpful. You know right? what? I, I got bullied, I guess, a little bit, or I got Mom, into fights. Mom, a 300-pound tattoo dude just kept pushing me on the ground until <laughs> I skinned my knees. What are you, do- <laughs> what are you doing, bitch? Get up. <laughs> do you ever watch that Sunny in Philadelphia? Always Sunny in Philadelphia. I do not, and only because everyone tells me I have there, to. Well, there there is a scene, or there's an episode where like Mac and Charlie and Dennis all are uh, they get their bikes stolen by these little punk kids, 
And these little punk kids are like giving them a sh- rash of shit. And then they're like, wait, we're bigger than them. So they just like start whipping on these kids. Oh, nice. man. It's, it's bad toilet humor. And with that, hold on one second. Just want to holler at you guys about how you can support Meathead Shatter, the podcast here. You can give us a follow at Meathead Shatter on Instagram. In the bio, we have a pretty sweet link that can take you to many things, one of which being our Patreon. If you enjoy the podcast and want to show your support for as little as $5 a month, you can be a supporting member and we can be friends. You can be a friend of the podcast. If you're wanting something a little more for 30 bucks a month, we do have available template programming for powerlifting and strongman sent out weekly. You can just sign up for either one of those and get something for your money other than this sweet-ass entertainment. Also, be sure to follow us on Instagram individually, at strongman underscore Dan for me, and at PSAC16 for Preston. Back to the show. Boom. God, I'm so glad I recorded that. I don't have to remember that. We're so lazy. I'm going to have to make another one that says, hey, give us a review, too. So, hey, give us a review. Um, and then I don't have to remember that part after. But oh, God. At least it jogs my memory. Right. So, right, back so that, to day two. That takes out day one. Day two, uh, the main portion was the snatch test. So, what was really cool is uh, day two, we did the the swing. Um, maybe we did a Turkish get-up on day two. Whatever. Day one, we swung. We cleaned and we pressed. We strict pressed. Day two, the snatch test was the big thing. Um, we we did a little bit of like goblet squatting and front rack position squatting. Um, but it's funny when they taught the snatch, they didn't teach it. What do you mean? Please please elaborate. So like, they didn't teach it because they said you know how to swing, you know the motion for the press. They drew a picture of a stick figure. Mm-hmm. from the side, and the arch of, like, where a kettlebell would swing. Mm-hmm. And they say when it's in front of you, and then they drew an arrow straight back to your shoulder, they're like, uh, give it a tug and do a press. That's all the instruction they gave us on the snatch. Are you serious? And everybody snatched with zero issue. Well, so, <laughs> well, remember yesterday in the gym, who was it that picked up a kettlebell and, like, did a kettlebell snatch? And it looked, well, it looked really good. I feel like there's so many things that you can overthink. Like it looked everything really phenomenal, where, but the simplicity of like we pressed a shit ton and we swung a shit ton. Figure out the middle on your own, like you already do it. Like if you had to figure out how to do a press mid swing, what would you do? Oh, there you go, it's a snatch. Right? That's fucked. <laughs> that's so mind fucking. That's, that's how like smooth these motherfuckers were. God, like, we don't even have to teach this shit now. They'll do it. That's like. <laughs> But that's how you know, A, that they know their shit. Either mm-hmm. that or this is just, like, mm-hmm. so simple. We're just overthinking it. But, like, they are that good at what they do. And it just shows that once you give, like, very good instruction, and it can be replicated by, like, someone if you, like you. If you teach the how primary. How easy it is for Gen Pop to pick up something. If you teach your primary movements correctly, everything else should slide into place. And if right. it's not, you're fucking up how you're teaching your big movers. Right. So I, I think, and I, I love kettlebells because it does make gen pop, make it, it makes it easy for gen pop to get into lifting and exercise. Yep. It's not as intimidating as a barbell with a bunch of weights on right. it. Right. And, and I think. Unless you get like a big ass kettlebell. Right. Yeah. <laughs> we need to get some bigger ones, by the way. Oh, <laughs> one other thing I wanted to touch on, and this actually is in the RKC man, uh, manual. Um, it is about 
breathing, and I'm not quite sure how it applies directly to powerlifting. I have to fuck around with it because part of it is breathing loses tension. But um, so they have this thing called triggering. So if you grab someone's hand, we'll do this drill. You grab someone's hand, they put their finger out like a finger gun. You can squeeze as hard as you want, and it won't break. So that's just safety for this drill. <laughs> so grab someone's hand, have them put their finger out, and then just squeeze as hard as you can. It'll be hard, right? Like you're squeezing hard. Right. Okay, now, this time, you grab their hand, make a fist, to, or squeeze your ass, squeeze your hamstrings, tighten your hips and shit, and then squeeze it as hard as you can. Oh, you squeeze way harder. It'll be harder. Now, make a fist as hard as you can, squeeze that shit, and then do it. It'll be even harder. Now, get your ass and hams tight. Three, two, one. Make a fist and squeeze, like, right away. As the fist closes, it'll be even fucking harder. Really? Now, get your shit tight. Get your ass and your hams tight. Squeeze that fist super hard as you squeeze the hand and and breathe out when you do it, too. It'll be even fucking harder. I wonder if we could do this on a... So, you know how they have, you know, to remove bias... You know, oh, I know he's supposed to make it harder. Right, if right. there is like, you know, they they used to do those little grip test things. Yes, at like outside like GNC and shit. Dude, I'm sure I would it works love to go fucking try it out on one of those. I mean, I, I know you listeners. Find, I don't know where their nearest one is. Please, if you find one, find and a send damn it carnival. To me, send send it to me, and and if you find one, send it to us. Uh, send it to it. We'll send something to you. Just it, to and show so that, that you was listened. that was another thing that was directly in the kettlebell manual program that applies to fucking everything. And we did it. Um, so basically, they have ballistics like kettlebell swings, kettlebell snatches, kettlebell cleans, and they have grinds like more powerlifting stuff, like the overhead press or the squat. Right. So um, this is especially useful for the grinds. So think about how that might apply to things. Because we used it, we learned that specifically for the overhead press, the one arm kettlebell press, mm-hmm. and people were definitely moving shit way better doing that. Now, part of that could be just your brain's focused in on shit, right? But so I'd, I'd be interested to see more research on it. But oh, it seemed to fucking work for me, right? No, I, I want to. I can't wait to try this. So that out. was that's. So there you go. There's two really good drills from a kettlebell cert that will turn around like your actual lifting without you actually getting any stronger. God damn. <laughs> No, I, I'm stoked for this, especially the especially the squat portion, um, yeah. <clears throat> activating my hips and making myself feel comfortable in the hole. Because right now, that's the big thing I'm dealing with right now is I just have lack confidence in the hole. Right. Let me put on a squat suit and just let me compete worlds in a squat suit. I mean, they do it in the IPF. All right, we're we're pushing raw. into time, so I'm gonna I'm gonna roll through why I suck at the snatch test and I lost. <laughs> we already touched on that. I I didn't do the snatch test. I didn't complete it, so I'm, I'm an you're attendee. out of shape. I'm an attendee, not a certified instructor, but I will be in the next thirty days or so. Um, but let me touch on the instructors we had there. So I talked a little bit about Dr. Chris. He's badass at at Dr. Holder on Instagram. Uh, not a ton of info on there, but he's he's a badass. And when he publishes stuff and he puts books out, I'm buying like seven copies. <laughs> uh, there's very few people in my lifting career where, where my mind has like been blown. Uh, Travis Mash with his third week deload um, and how he handles his periodization in general was one of them. Mike Westerling, who's been my coach for a while now, how he does his alternating linear periodization and his thoughts about muscle overlap. That was another like mind blower. Um, Pat Davidson on his rethinking the big patterns and Chris fucking holder on, <laughs> on, on that fucking four step thing was like, like those are like my biggest moments in, in fitness, my brain figuring shit out because someone just told me it. 
<laughs> no, it, like I'm stoked. I'm, I'm. I think so. We already we touched on Chris, and he's he's a badass, right? Um, but Most let me talk there. about these other people here. Um, so the guy whose gym it was, a guy named Garrett. Um, it's at Made Louisville. He's a jiu-jitsu guy. Um, he's done Muay Thai and stuff too. And the room we were in was like lined with banana bags, like Muay Thai heavy bags. Mm-hmm. Um, and then kettlebells. So it was like, oh my god, this is like where I started. It was it was very nostalgic, very nostalgic because oh, it was. It I was, bet you were uh, like a kid in a candy store, dude. I, it was it was like twice as big as the one I was at. But I was like, oh my god, this is where I started. Um, <sighs> super nice guy, super knowledgeable. Um, he applies like Turkish getups and things and how it works to in the fight world and like how it helps you get up. Like he he's a badass. Him and another dude at that gym trained the Louisville Police Department. Hmm. Um, so badass, but not specifically what my brain is looking for for what I'm trying to do next. But yes, check them out if you're in that area or you want to go down there and learn some shit. Legit. Second dude was uh, Robbie. Oh, I forget his last name. It's. B underscore, check my story. I have him tagged in it. B underscore Robbie, something like that. I'll put it in the show notes. This dude is uh, Army Airborne or something like that. He's a badass. He's this He's this lanky, skinny-looking dude, dude. But when they had the instructors demo like the swings, the amount of violent force this dude can create with his with his, his glutes with his hips driving the kettlebell is stupid. Like I don't understand how hard he can move like that. Like if this dude, if you were doing something you shouldn't, you were fighting his buddy and he came up and tried to tackle you, he would go fucking through you. Like you'd be split in <laughs> half. Like this dude is an athletic freaking weapon. Um but definitely more on like the endurance athletic side. So again, not exactly what I'm looking for. Not yet. Our, our, right. Our fourth instructor was this uh, this lady, Colleen Conlin. Uh, I am Colleen Conlin, I think is her Instagram. Okay, she's going to be my coach after this meet. Really? Dude. So she has the world That's record. a bold statement. Uh, yeah, we're, we're talking on Instagram right now about what that looks like. But she is, I don't know, maybe like, I'm so bad at guessing female weight, but she, there's no way she's heavier than 130. She's probably like 120, 115 or some shit. Like, she's not a big person. She can Turkish get up for multiple reps with like the 70 plus. There was a video on her during lunch break where she was kettlebell swinging with fast hips, the 124. So like her weight? Yes. It'd be like me swinging a 300 pound kettlebell and it looking like it's not heavy. So she and her clients and stuff like that too, like they, they have people who are gen pop people will work with her and become with kettlebells because she's a kettlebell person. Fucking crazy strong. Um, and I know it's different than barbell stuff, but here's why I want to touch base with her. So they have this thing called uh, the the Beast Tamer. Mm-hmm. And if you're a female, it's the Iron Maiden. And it's you have to do a military press, a weighted pull-up, and a pistol squat. For dudes, it's with a 106 bell. For women, it's with a 70 or a 53. I can't remember which. It's, it's a little less than the dudes, but it's pretty fucking heavy for, like, Pistol squat's hard enough as it yeah. is, in my opinion. So, and she, do she's done the Iron Maiden, and she has the world record for, like, most tonnage moved in a Turkish getup in an hour. Like, And she's working on the snatch record, I think, next. Like, she's she's a badass. Like, I don't care about the endurance side as much for me on that, but that Beastmaster Challenge, I'm like, okay, I need to figure out, because it, you have to be strong, right? Because you have to strict press a 106. Right. 
which, I mean, that's not an issue for me. Strength is not the error. Um, but you have to do a weighted pull-up with the 106 hanging from your, your weight belt. I bet I could do that. I mean, maybe not 106. I think, if, I, think I could work up to it. If I get down to 260, I know I'll be there. Okay, that's fucking unfair because yeah. you lost like 50 pounds. Well, but I could do it with a, I could do it with about 50 pounds right now, and I'm 300 That's what I'm pounds. saying. Yeah. So you lose 50 pounds body I mean, weight. I would lose, expect you. I lose some muscle too, though. Not that much. Um, and then the third one is the pistol where it's like, I know I have the leg strength for it, but for me, that's probably going to be the hardest one because that's going to be a skill development. Right. So I'm going to work with her on that stuff, and I, I was texting her. She's like, oh, yeah, I can get you ready for the for the tamer, no problem. And I was like, okay, cool. So, but when I do that, that's fine. But I want to do all that shit with a 150. So, like, that's my goal is the strict press with a 150 on one arm. Right. Weighted pull up with a 150 and a pistol squat with a 150. So, that's my goal. Do for we this have thing. a 150 kettlebell? Nope, but I'll get one We're at Christmas. You're going to need one. I'm going to, well, shit. I, let me. I, I, the weighted pull, it's it's going to be a minute before I need the 150 for a weighted pull up and a pistol. I know, no, I, no, <laughs> um, but we, we, um, but that's we definitely requested at our new, at our gym. It's definitely like my next strength goal. Cause I mean, after this, I will have benched 500 more than once in competition. Right. I, I've kind of taken powerlifting to where, where I can without being like crazier than I already am. So right. I'm ready for a different challenge. I'm ready to not be 300 pounds anymore. <laughs> and this is like a very cool all around, like, if you can do those three things, you're pretty all-around badass. Like, there's lots of people that can do one of them or maybe two of them, but all three, that's right. pretty legit. I just want to see you do a pistol squat. It'll Without happen. Without any weight. It'll happen. Don't you worry. I, I can't do a pistol to, squat. I need to pass that snatch test first. Right. <laughs> Jesus. So, yeah, that'll be cool. And in my, I was trying to think. I'm like, I like being known in the circles I'm playing mm-hmm. around in. And I'm not huge in powerlifting, but, like, you know, there's a bit. Um, and in strongman, at least in the regional level, like, most people kind of know me. I want to kind of be, like, the freaking ke- – oh, kettlebell. That's that motherfucker that did the, the beast tamer with a 150, isn't it? I want to be that guy. God. I'm so vain. <laughs> well, you know where you can find us, Mr. Dan? Where can we be found? We can on be the found social medias? at Meathead Chatter on the IG. Mr. Preston is at PSAC16. And I, of course, am at strongman underscore, underscore kettlebell Dan. No, I'm just kidding. Just strongman underscore Dan. But God, don't confuse them. No, I ain't changing that. Check out our gym, fearless underscore fitness boot camp. I, I don't know. I think it's it's actually might be changing. Just start know. typing in fearless fitness boot camp. Something will come up. Yeah, it's you'll good. find something. It's the only strength gym here. If you want to get strong and badass, this is where you go. <laughs> Calibrated. Ooh, and we got a bunch of calibrated plates coming in. I don't even know if we're allowed to announce that. I probably shouldn't have. Too bad. That's our talk. All right, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time.